Hey guys, we have Nancy Masses with us tonight to talk about how severe illnesses and family deaths can change us. See you in about a minute. Grab your popcorn and snacks, find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Hey everybody, how we doing today? Happy Monday. Close to closing in on Christmas time, aren't we? Good Lord. Thursday's already gonna be Thanksgiving. My gosh, my gosh, my gosh. In fact, I got my first turkey today. Went out and got my turkey and all the fixes. So uh usually I get two turkeys, so I'm working on my second turkey tomorrow. But uh it's there. I've started my Christmas lights. I got my wreath up, that's about it. I was uh last uh, last winter storms really wiped me out. So I don't know how many lights I actually have to work with. Because uh, when I was putting them away in the summer, I actually had some spark and some smoke come out of a couple of the sets. So I don't know what I have. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. At least at least my flamingos made it. I got, I got two pink flamingos hoping to expand hoping to expand my flamingos to four. Have myself a nice flock of flamingos. Anyway, my name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. We have a great show planned for you. I'm also the owner. Of the California Hots Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento. Why does Sally look like she's gone flat on me? Poor Sally. Oh, now look. I'm trying to devise a way to, uh, there we go, to get this thing to keep them straight up. I'm working on it. I have a couple of chopsticks in the back or something. Anyway, um, season's creepings. Uh, anyway, so uh, I'm also the owner of the, of the California Hots Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento. We're 45 strong up and down the state of California, which means we can get to you. It might take us a couple of days. Sacramento, I'm uh, California is a huge state, but uh, we can get you. It won't take us more than two or three days. And in the case that's, that we have to run a little late on it, we have uh, me, me was on staff. We could call you and talk to you about what may or may not be going on. And in most cases, they could settle the energy down until we get there. So you got to do is find us everywhere. You can find us on Facebook under California Haunts, California Haunts Radio. You can find us on Instagram under Ghosty Gal. You can find us on YouTube at uh, either California Haunts or California Haunts Radio. Uh, best address, youtube.com forward slash at California Haunts Radio. You can find us on TikTok under California Haunts. You can find us at Twitter, I think, under California Haunts. And we're on Twitch under Cal Haunts. We're also at Meetup under California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team. All kinds of ways to find us. Okay, that being said, if you're watching on Facebook tonight and you like what you hear, feel free to follow if you haven't done so already. You know, we're always looking to build up our followers. Also, over on Facebook, if you hit those like buttons and those smiley buttons and those happy face buttons, or even join in the conversation during the show, that will move us up higher in uh, Facebook's computer FYP, which means that the, it, it will pick us and move it out to more people. So that, that's what we want. You know, we want to be seen, seen and heard, right? So uh, that's something you can do too. And that's, you know, if you like it or if you don't like it, you know, it's like I always say, you know, maybe you've got an enemy you want to get even with. You don't like my shows. Send it over there. 
And if you're home tonight and you're cooking or doing whatever and there's other people in the house with you or apartment, sure. Maybe they might be interested in the show as well, okay? Same thing over at YouTube. Um, if you haven't subscribed already, we're trying to hit our 1,000 subscribers. We're, right now we're at 750. So we're trying to hit that last 250 subscribers by the new year. Okay, so we're trying to get we're trying to hit that thousand mark. So if you could find it in your heart, if you haven't subscribed yet to do so, that would be great. You know, I'm not only doing like these videos on YouTube. I've got shorts over there. I'm really active in that on the community page. You know, so we'll have different kinds of polls and everything going over there, so you guys can pick what kinds of shows you prefer, that kind of thing. So uh, join me over there, or join me over at TikTok. That works too, because we're trying to build up to three thousand followers on TikTok. So that we can actually go live on TikTok at the same time we're going live right now. So that's the goal. But I have to have 3,000 people over there. Okay. Anyway, that being said, I'm done for the night. I do have a team in Oregon and I have a team in Washington. I also have a team in um, Nevada and I have a team in in um, Hawaii. So we've got people all over the United States that can help you out. Okay. So that being said, our guest tonight is medium Nancy Matz. Because of the holiday, we were... I was flipping dates around and I had someone that wanted to go on Friday and uh, that's fine, you know, but uh, starting next week, a week, yeah, a week from this Friday, Nancy will be back at a regular time on Friday evening. So um, just, just be aware of that. Okay. So tonight we're going to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart because I went through in like a three or like a three year span, I went through a lot of death, a lot of sickness, that kind of thing. And, um, it's, it's never easy to go through it. I came out an adult. I can say that, you know, with, with my thinking. I hate to say adult, but adult. You know, I had to do a lot of growing up, you know, especially when I was taking care of my mother. But coming out of all the deaths and everything, I really had to get it together and grow, and, and grow up, as they say. And it, it does change you. And that's what Nancy's going to talk about tonight, how, you know, severe illness and deaths of, of loved ones can change you. And I'll even talk about a couple other things related to that as well. Anyway, I'm going to bring Nancy in, and we'll get the show on the road. And, uh, yeah, we'll have this real real nice conversation. Let's do it. Hello. Uh -oh. Hello. Yeah, I'm here. I had to mute. Time to banner again. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, don't, hear. Don't, don't reboot me, sweetie. Your hat, <laughs> for those on RSS feed, uh, the hat is very cute. It's the... Uh, <laughs> It's a skeleton couple, and Sally is the female skeleton. And what's yeah, the name of the? What was the name of the show? Nightmare Before Christmas, and it's Jack. Nightmare and Sally. Oh, it, it's yeah, really cute. I like it and better it says, than your beanie. It's, it's, it says season's creepings. I. It's really cute. I, you know, it makes us merrier, and I can see that you have another Christmas um, decoration behind you on. Uh, what's that character? Yeah. Grogu. It's really he's dressed up in his season. Yep. Well, we're going to be changing the backdrop too, so that's changing on Wednesday. We're going to our holiday so backdrop. Our so that's not this Friday, but next Friday, then we'll have a fun backdrop too. Time to get the Christmas right. trees out. I, I had told you that I, I read all the time, and there was two or three articles that said people who leave the Christmas trees up longer, they put it up sooner, they take uh -huh. it after Christmas into New Year's, they're actually healthier. Emotionally See, healthy to the season. I never come down. My seven and a half foot has been there for years. <laughs> well, the only problem is your cats and dogs love it too. So, you know, well, they, yeah, they she, have... um, bad enough that the lights don't work on it, but then she's been eating the, what's left of the lights off. She does that. 
Shark told, told me she has to cut the branches from the ground up a little bit so the dogs can't keep getting to them. But, you yeah. know, you've been out there, most people aren't aware that you've been under a lot of stress taking care of both the parents and it emotionally mm -hmm. crippled you. And you've yeah, had a, a, lot. a lot that you've had to take. And we go back to that. Why do you choose this life? Well, clearly you and your mother have had a lot of um, other times together. But right. with that, and we're going to talk about this kind of a lot tonight, the idea that through stress, we, our souls evolve. And only yes. through stress do we identify who we are as real, as human beings, adults. Mm -hmm. And uh, my first husband and I got married, right off, we were one of those, uh, dated all through high school, four and a half years. Uh, and then we got married at 19 and 20. My first child was, uh, I was just barely 21. And, uh, you know, life took off. And it just, we grew apart because we finally grew up. At 25 is when they say, you decide who you're going to be for the rest of your life. And even though I went to college and my husband started college, one direction went, changed another, he went into police work. And it was kind of um, kind of deductive to who I was as a, you know, at, in those years, we didn't have the word psychic, medium, and all vocabulary except at the circuses. And you see those women, men with the, crystal balls and here I was suffering and only through cancer uh, stage three plus I was very ill you know they uh -huh. said you know another few months you would have been too late so my intuitiveness kind of kicked in and I knew I was in trouble and then I found out I was and through that then I said well wait a minute I hope I could live you know it was, it was that point where well, we'll watch you for 15 years. You'll come in every year and then every two years and then five years. And if you can make five years, that's a big hurdle. But, you know, you're under the gun for 15. And I says, well, if I can only five more years, this, that was the first statement. Well, I hope you will watch you for five years. Hopefully make it. I thought, well, that was that red brick. And I realized yeah. that maybe I didn't want to stay married and I didn't want to stay with the telephone company. After I discovered what was going on with me, the spirit of grace Ken and Ollie Keck of the pastors. And I went to a place where I had to know the truth. So this statement for me was, why do bad things happen to good people? And when I started mm -hmm. investigating this, then I left a 24-year career. And you and I have talked about the red brick. Your red mm -hmm. brick took years and years to unfold, parents. Mm -hmm. And then when it was done, you said, and you and I have talked about, well, when is it our turn? Because all I've done mm -hmm. is work. You know, oh. and then we fall into something we love. And then you go, is this work? And you've put so much effort. I give credit, Char a lot of credit. I've done it. I've told her over and over. I'm really proud of you because this has been really hard to get this going and all the work it takes. You know why? Because finally it's her turn. And she wouldn't have put as much power into this if she hadn't been raked over the coals. You know, she just really, I give her a lot of credit and everybody send people to her to sign it because she deserves it all the effort to get to where she's going. And we talk about this. I really mm -hmm. admire your journey. Of course, when I met her in 96, I was giving to her 70. She was as a punky kid. You know, she hadn't gone through all the <laughs> trial and tribulations. But God doesn't make mistakes. The universe knows where we're going, what we're doing. I say God in the greater sense I of I think, it. you know, when you say stunted, I can agree with you in that, in that when I Put work to take care of my dad. You know, life stopped right there. Boom. First it was my dad, even though mm -hmm. I still had a little freedom because he wasn't all that bad off. 
So I was still out yeah. doing stuff. But once he passed and then my mother got sick, you know, got really sick, then everything stopped. Everything was yeah. focused there. And I lost. I think you were like, emotionally like, damaged. Yeah. Yeah, that I lost like seven years taking care of my mother. Mm -hmm. And so when I came out of it, my mind is still like I'm, well, I'm not going to say my age, but you know what I mean. My mind is still what it was when I put the brakes on everything. When you, you what, the, put the what? When, when, when I quit my job. My mind is still that age. Mentally, mm -hmm. Because that's where everything stopped. About the mid thirties. Yeah. A little bit mm -hmm. like that. That's, that's when everything, that's when everything stopped. Yeah. You know, and then the heart failure, you know, and all that, and the sickness that, that came with it, you know, and, and, and all that stuff. But yeah, it, it's been an awakening for me this last four years. I mean, you know, put, like you say, putting this together, I was able to put mm -hmm. all my energy into this, which helped with that transition. But it did make me, I guess I could say grow up in a lot of ways, you know, going through that. But I'm still me, you know. But, you know, there, there's yes. just that feeling. And I remember after my mother died and I sat down and I thought, what am I going to do? There's nothing here to mm -hmm. do. There's, there's no more to do. I found myself walking down to her room to check on her every night for like four or five months after she passed because yeah. that's what I would do, you know, to do that. And just like when I had a nurse that would come over and help once or twice a week and I would go to Walmart or someplace, but it was always the feeling that I was worried about my mother. That, I was um, out the energy was all still around you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was always there. So, it was something that changed me. It's just like when I went on vacation with Autumn that time, you know, to, uh, to uh, Las Vegas and Disneyland and all that. And I remember I get on the plane and I'd still be like really strong like this because the uh -huh. worry's always there. You know, yeah. who's going to take invisible? Point, my, yeah. And I forget who was with my mother, or my mother was at that point, she could still be alone at that point, you know, before her mind started to go. Oh, but it was that still was one of those a long time things. ago. Yeah, for the yeah, last time I went to Disneyland, well, before this last time in Disneyland was 2011. That's how long it was. Mm -hmm. And I think if my dad was there, my I think just before my mother, you know, had her last stroke or had that one stroke. And I remember getting on the airplane and I didn't feel it come off until I was halfway to Los Angeles when I realized I'm not at home today. I can, you know, be at all the to... being out. Because it's and, hard and... because you wrap your you wrap your life around them. Right. And there's a lot of buildup to this point. And she and I mm -hmm. talk about this. We've known each other a long time and shared a lot of hardships because I've had a lot of illnesses since then. And mm -hmm. there is something to be said about people who do this for a living seem to have autoimmune issues, yes. other stresses. Thing, yeah. yeah. And we suffer in relationships if, if the other partner doesn't understand mm -hmm. what we do. Um, and, we've, and, and we've had this discussion too because if I look at my team and I'm not going to mention names but of the people that have gotten ill on my team yeah, you know mm -hmm. and it takes a toll I think every time you are touched by spirit and I agree with you I think that they miss your they miss that energy feeling so that's what mm -hmm. they're grabbing mm -hmm. from you so every time every time they touch you every time you communicate with them they take a yeah. little bit that's true I, I always caution people if you're going to do this for a living. Um, I, I have had illnesses. Um, it is in my family to have cancer and thyroid issues and all the surgeries I've had. It, it is in there, but I believe that because I was uh, physically stronger than most people because I'm an athlete, I was able to keep it up. But then yeah. the illnesses kind of compound a little bit. 
I'm not doing this nearly as much. I am older, but mm -hmm. I know a lot of people can't do it. And we've lost some really big names in this business because oh, yeah. it just wore people down. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Pam, they're gone. And it's up well, to you to give you an it. idea, I mean, for people, if you're not protected going in to a case and you take, you get what I call goose by a ghost. Which is you <laughs> actually that's get a good touched. word, honey. Yeah, goose by a ghost. When, when your tummy clips, you know, the butterflies. I know people that have, that, that happens to, and when you get hit, take a hit like, hit like that, you're down for two or three days. That's how much energy mm -hmm. it takes out of you. And, and I remember like, you talking about that happening to you. Mm -hmm. Something like I remember it was been of some time that you went somewhere and like you said dealing with difficult people. Then all of a sudden you're down for a day or two, three. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. After that, all that you, energy gets drained. So, it's so we. That happens. This is kind of like the third week in a row of related items, topics, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so we talk about depression, how to deal with it, uh, symptoms, signs of it. Um, and I wrote some things down, but I do want to address a couple things that we're going to go back to the list. I think you're going to be surprised of my list on things that we call the red brick effect. And so um, how to thrive when everything else feels terrible. This mm -hmm. is really um, something that we all understand because there's days I know every one of us alive has said, it seems like the world is crowding down around us. Mm -hmm. And it's up to you to say, and I'm very careful how you do this. I don't want to say, well, you pick this body. But what you might want to say is, for the ultimate goal of this life, I need to go through this to discover and create and be better on the other side. That's very difficult. Mm -hmm. People can't do that very easily. And mm -hmm. it's hard. And I read a lot of articles. <laughs> of course I did. I Googled and read a lot of articles. And some of them I really paid attention to and went, wow, this is the first time I heard this. A lot of them were not. And they would mention things that we talked about last time, but they downplay it. I think it's really hard. And I'm a good example. I'm entrenched in this for 33 years, yet I have bad days. And I actually mm -hmm. have to stop and take two or three breaths and stop and look at what I'm doing and be present in that moment I'm doing. It could be anything I'm doing, but I could be wound up inside. And most people know me. I'm busy, but I'm not... Um, a turbulent person. I can get wound up, my heart rate, everything. And I go, wait a minute, take a breath. Nothing's going to get done any faster or fixed any faster. And so I go, calm down. We have to know that things are terrible. Um, I just had my eyes done, everybody. Um, and now I have an eye infection and it's very uncomfortable. And I thought I talked to the doctor today and he said, you know what? There's no answer. <laughs> he says, no, because I've been so careful. And I think to myself, well, that's just not fair. <laughs> well, so what? The body breaks. Is it terrible? Yeah. But on the other side, I'm going to have some really good vision, everybody, for the rest of my life. I already mm -hmm. told you, the doc says, you're having the works. You got everything wrong. <laughs> it's an I need them. <laughs> and so when everything feels terrible, Back up, catch your breath. Even if you have to stand still, if you're driving, please recalculate that and just relax and watch everybody be a fool on the freeway, but you be safe. And that's really hard when ev thrive when everything feels terrible. Uh, when we're surrounded by the negative energy, 
everywhere we turn, the news, we read social media, and I talk about all the media coverage of the wars going on. And then we had COVID, and we had shootings in America, babies being killed. I mean, I, I'm a grandma, and I just almost can't stand it. But what control do I have other than vote those fools out, right? Mm -hmm. And so that is all the power we have. We can, I'm a little at past the age of campaigning and <laughs> getting out there, but you can do what you can do and that's all you can do. The news we read, uh, we absorb stress from our family, friends, and co-workers, and that has taken the toll. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is because there's something to be said, um, a, a good way to visualize it is get a glass and pour water into it and then don't stop. And it pours over the top of it. And if you visualize that, your emotions, and there has to be a breaking point. And I don't want you guys to have accidents. I don't want you to beat yourself up. I want you to calm down because that could lead to the heart attack. It could lead to stroke. Maybe we can pull that back just a little bit. And my family, that is what's happened. Uh, we've had uh, every family in America has troubles, right? And so my family, I can see that. <sighs> uh, a brief guide to navigating periods of disorder. For better or worse, we tend to live under the illusion that things are stable, when in fact they're always changing. We crave a straight line of progress and increasing happiness. But like it or not, life is a cycle that I read from uh, GetPocket.com Explore. And the title of the article is A Brief Guide to Navigating Periods of Disaster. I don't dislike or everybody has an opinion. I never put anybody down. But sometimes they, they minimize it. Or they should say, oh, you just have to meditate and relax. Not always works. You have to go out of your way to realize the stress you're going under. And I, I bring that up because it's very important for your mental health as well as your physical health that we live every moment of our life. Breathe. I love to breathe. <laughs> I do. I, I love uh, silly cats. And I also have a lot of pulls, a lot of color. And I'm visually aware of my surroundings all the time. That's because I almost died. And so that's what we're building up to is to talk about those things that you will notice. Um, our lives are like the ones we want for our pets. Stability, ease, stress-free. You know, cats are amazing. I read up on those cats all the time. And they're just really like a two-year or three-year-old child. They're afraid of everything. And it's up to you to make their life calm. And But we're the same. We like routine. We like the stressful less life right char right, right. and yet if we right right we're not full uh, but periods of disharmony are the reality is the nature of reality and once you realize that as i said above realize that things are going to go wrong things are going to happen to family and you talk to any mother in, a, in the world who loves their child and they're always afraid that that child of, of themselves dying or the child dying and not being together. A lot, a lot of bad things really? can happen, but that is an innate nature of us. We're always afraid. You know, the only fear a child has when they're born is a fear of falling, falling out of mother's arms. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. Um, focus on what you can control. Do not worry about what you cannot. Last week I read this uh, letter I'd sent to a gentleman He's, he's been in my cycle, a circle of friends since 91. And he's been along to a marriage, and things change, you know. 
and he lives along shoreline. It's absolutely gorgeous where he lives. And he he sees his life very dark. His his only child, uh, she didn't have any children. She killed herself uh, five years back, maybe four or five. And I wrote this, and I said to him, so this statement, focus on what you can control. Do not worry about what you cannot. And in the, go back and listen to it. In the letter, I said to him, go down to the seashore. He likes to walk the beach. He's uh, he's older than I am by a couple of years. That's all I'm going to say. And bury your feet in the sand. Oh, take your umbrella to the shoreline. Now bury your feet in the sand. Open up that, that umbrella. Now look at the space between the top of that umbrella to where your feet are. That's the only space you can control. We have no other space. You get in the car, you control those space in there. Absolutely. But in reality, we only have the space that surrounds us. And that's all we should be responsible for. And we cannot control somebody else's space. And I've heard of people saying, oh, I broke up with my partner. I'm going to go tell the, uh, the one. I broke up my partner. That partner now has picked somebody else. I'm going to go to that person and tell them all the bad things that person did to me. That is like the biggest sin in the whole world. You cannot just hurt another soul. You cannot destroy their perception of what free will we may have. Because you don't have that control. You have no right. If people don't want to be with you, I dated between marriages, someone doesn't want me, go away. Why would I want someone in my life that doesn't want me? And my career, what I do for a living, turns people away. Because they always thought I was reading their mind, which I cannot do. Can Us who do this for a living cannot read our partners. Can't read my own life. I told someone, if I could do that, I wouldn't have made as many mistakes as I have. Yep, psychic girlfriend told me when she says, I would rather have you make mistakes than none at all. Because only through diversity does our soul evolve. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Uh, daily habits. Having tried and true routines provides a, sor a source of stability and predictability. I said that a few minutes ago. These are some of the things I, from all the articles. And that is being safe in our environment. Safe enough. I have clients all over the United States. And on the East Coast, a lot of people take the train. Well, if that train is 10 minutes late, they're going to be really late to the office. I said, so what? I mean, what control do you have? Are you going to get out there and push that train faster? <laughs> I mean, shrug your shoulders and just take it easy. Um, ab adaptation is something that you are in conversation with. Respond, not react. When someone's having a conversation with you and it's not what you like, please don't respond. Don't react. Just listen, because it's their truth, not yours. Um, this has to be meaningful uh, as a statement. No, it's not always having to be meaningful. If someone's just blowing steam in a subway or a tram car or, or on the freeway and they're just singing their heart out, they're yelling, screaming in the car. I mean, it, people have lives, and it's not necessarily a good one. Or someone at the office is blowing steam and yelling at everybody. Just sit back and watch the fool make a fool of himself. Okay. Um, I think I better go back. I don't want to miss out on the big list that I, because I want to share these things with you. Uh, we call it the red brick effect. And we talk about illness and accidents, but their list was so much bigger. <laughs> I, I, wrote, I wrote some other statements up quite a bit. I'm going to have to put all this stuff in the book shortly. But I want to talk about near-death experiences. I've, I've read uh, near, 
death experiences covered IANDS is a website. Jeffrey Long, uh, Brian Weiss talks about it. Uh, he also talks about uh, reincarnation, but that also has a lot to do with people who leave their bodies. But near-death experiences, when you have that aha moment, how many people you have watched on YouTube, go have a visit with these sites of wonderful. Just type in near-death experiences on YouTube, mm -hmm. and lots and lots of sites come up where the focus is only near-death experiences. You could take months and months hearing, and these people come back. Were you going to say something, Shar? No, no. Okay, I didn't want to. I didn't want to stop speaking. No, no. Um, no you're just, those people who have have faith that's only affirmed that this is possible, and then those who don't have faith will have this experience, and it's up to them to choose to believe it or not. But a lot of them have come back, and some uh, notable names in the public, uh, who doctors and psychiatrists, psychologists, some really notable people who have spoke out and were believed uh, have said they had experiences. Now, the downside is not everybody has experiences. What makes and determines the difference? A lot of atheists have come, had experience come back and they do believe in it. I can't answer that. I think the number is not as big as we want, but how many times have you heard in the news someone passed while doing having surgery and they flew along the ceiling and they could watch a whole uh, operation well, that really opened your eyes up. Now, Brian Weiss was a physician in Florida, and he had an experience that changed his whole life, near uh, past life regression. And he was helping this woman through uh, some difficulties and helped her through like 40 phobias. And there was one that was really difficult. He said, just go to where you had that phobia. And she jumped 2,000 years. He actually left the wow. business and went into past life regression work. Brian Weiss. Oh, there's so many books out of his. I think this family is now writing books. His daughter went into the business with him and are doing meditation and classes all over the United States. Wonderful man. I actually saw him in person 25, maybe 25 years ago. And um, many lives, many masters. Okay, so sometimes we need that. That, in my, in my mind, is also red breakfast red brick effect. When I had my first past life regression, I spoke to you about life in Roman era and I just didn't believe it. But what curious was I love to run. I've been a runner most of my life. And in that presentation, I was a young man who played as a runner then in joining the, the Roman army. I was the courier between camps running in the middle of the night because horses would be seen or heard but a runner would not. And then I fell and broke my knee and had to go back. <laughs> this lifetime I've hurt my knees and had to have surgery. So I do find that curious. Okay, uh, share death experience. <clears throat> this is a topic that needs to be addressed because more people than you realize have had this. Um, they speak of at the time of death, if you're Raymond Moody speaks of this, if you want to look up his work, Raymond Moody talks about uh, life between lives and all kinds of topics. I don't have the names of his books I have on my shelf. But he talks about people who've held hands of people passing over or in the room. And what happens is, is there's a yellow glow around a person and that opens up and expands the window for people to pass over. And when I have visited with uh, Pat and Fairfield when her daughter 
was passing away. Somehow I was able to go back to the moment of this woman's death. She says, tell my mother to let go of my hand. And when I did, it backed up in time to that moment. And Pat mm -hmm. let go of her mother's hand. But I was in presence of the dying. And she, the daughter was able to let go of mom's hand and went through the portal. That's another story, many stories that I'll be putting out there. And it was a shared experience for me. Pat never did say she could see, but I saw. And I think to myself, well, this is what you do, fool. Don't you know that you can see this? I probably could not have if it had been designed, I wouldn't. So the young mm -hmm. woman wanted me to see this so I could explain to mom. So shared death experience, Google that. For those who have no belief, the affirmation we do live also opens up a spiritual direction and they go forward like Brian Weiss, Dr. Brian Weiss, changed directions. The fellow that's a doctor who had brain aneurysm, he changed his whole life and now is into this. The doctor's professors that are in the IANDS organization, the soul phone um, that's being developed by um, Dr. Professor Gary Swartz. These people have high technical careers and they have left it all to pursue something else. They had the red brick effect. It doesn't always have to be illness, but it has to do something that awakens them. <laughs> Not the awoke, what's that, the awoke uh, movement on, but the experience of change. And unfortunately, it doesn't happen to everybody and it doesn't happen to the ones that want it the most sometimes. I had an experience when I was six, um, barely seven years old. And it was a near-death experience, but I never counted it as important, only because it didn't mean anything to me then. And all these years I've heard other people talk about it, I said, well, nothing happened to me, but a child has a near-death experience. I, at the time, I couldn't understand why I was holding this woman's hand next to me. I didn't know how I got there. I didn't know why I was standing with her. And then she points down and we're looking down, down, down. And I'm thinking, why can I see down there? Who are those children? She said to me, you can't come with me. You have to stay and for them. Isn't that the oddest thing to tell a barely seven-year-old? And I thought to myself, I have no idea what this means. Well, it doesn't have to mean that it's important then. It has to do because you'll never, ever be able to forget all that detail. When people have near-death experiences, it's, it's kind of like it's lasered into your mind forever. And now I look back and go, what a strange experience. And of course, I was seven. I didn't have any children. And the grandchildren had showed up. But I, I do realize it was grandchildren. And I think, well, why am I? I still think, why am I here for them? Well, I'm grandma. Maybe that's the best, or maybe if I'd stayed with her, they wouldn't have been born. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, I want to go back to this list. Okay, out-of-body experiences. So I always bring this up, Shirley MacLaine. I read her book, Out on the Limb, many <laughs> years back, 30 years. And she talked about going uh, to Peru and sitting in a spa on a hill, and the spa uh, it, the hot tub, rather, hot tub, was made out of rocks. And she leaned back, and all of a sudden she went, whew, whoops, <laughs> keep my hands down, right? Anyway, she uh, she talked about going into the stratosphere and looking down. 
what an eye opener. Did she not change her direction? No, she didn't change her career, but she changed her mind. And she's written many other books. She spoke out when people made fun of her. And she's the one that had the last laugh. I give her a gosh darn lot of credit. Good for her, woman. Got me going. Made me think. Um, I travel out of body a lot. People call me a remote viewer. I've done some pretty strange things. And proven. Proven later on. And I think, okay, so what? You know? And But the thing is, I know I'm not insane. I, I see these dead people around all the time. And Shar has put me on this. We're going to do this, Nancy. We're going to put you on the spot, honey. <laughs> and yet she has stories what I've done, and she just shakes her head. She says, oh, damn it, Nancy. <laughs> yeah, I know she could tell some. Um, okay, so uh, out-of-body experiences is an eye-opener. It is a waking mm -hmm. moment. When you have an experience that you're not expecting, the first time I, I really meant uh, understood what that meant is I'd like to ask you don't raise your hand or yell back at me here how many times have you had a dream of floating above trees guess what honey you're not home you're traveling and I had so many of those kinds of dreams is outside the body and when we are sleeping at night and you're out of the body it is not nighttime it is daytime for you you don't see the darkness and I remember floating along the trees thinking why am I doing up here? <laughs> Thinking I'm flying? Um, yeah, right. Um, divorce is another red brick effect. And you'll find a lot of people who divorce will change everything. They'll move out of, the uh, out of state or out of the country. I want to say someone must be thinking about moving out of the country because I keep picking it up here. Um, divorce can change you and every level possible. You may move further away for a fresh start. You may change jobs. Uh, that red brick effect changes everything about you, and you start fresh. This is very important, too. Um, the spouse who passes away, you're looking at yourself and saying, well, I had someone that held on to me. I had someone hold my hand. I had someone to do the taxes, do this and that. All of a sudden, you're responsible. It's like what Char went through. Mm -hmm. Everything's dumped on your lap. And mm -hmm. there was years that she couldn't do anything about maintenance the house or take care of her own needs all of a sudden she has to start fresh just like a spouse except it was her parents sometimes that is a revelation i've known many women more women than men who got divorced or spouse died and they're all their um rvers and inspiration and they changed and they gave up everything just to be happy and be free of stress oh my goodness Got a lot more guts than I have anyway. And I give them a lot of credit. That red brick effect changed everything for them. Um, there's something, a couple of these things are phenomenous. Uh, people face in an age that represents old age to them. And these are clients. A lot of that I talk about are stories from clients that I'll talk about later on in the years to come. Um, a woman called me up and she was talking about her husband. She said, da, 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 da. And I put my mind to him and I found him grieving and it was way deep inside of him. And he spoke to me about uh, the sadness of the grieving. Oh, wow. That's usually what I feel when someone died. Ooh. And then he says, yeah, in a couple months, he's going to turn 70. So his spirit to him is dying inside because he sees himself as old. So a lot of people at 70, 75 usually represents the aging like the body's not going to be there for them. It's going to 
surrender to death eventually. And it comes into focus when people hit about 65 to 70. Um, someone, uh, another woman got hold of me. Most, a lot of women talked to me. Death of someone who was younger. So this, her husband was grieving also. And I thought mm -hmm. it was another story. And I said, someone at work or someone around him has recently died. Oh, someone at work died. And how old was that person? I think he was only 60. Well, how old is your husband? Oh, 68, 69. I went, uh. So someone younger than him died of a heart attack or a stroke, whatever. It was like one of those, bam, you're gone. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden he's realizing if that person can die, I can die. And that is really hard because all of a sudden they realize time is running out. And it's very, very difficult to catch up. Okay. Um, and the uh, death of someone who is younger yet older than 60. And the friend sees them advancing and aging. And you'll see people who are suffering from that lean over, get shallow, not eat well. Because all they can mm -hmm. think about is their own death. And these people who sometimes, remember, I'm not going to promote what I do for a living. But it's sometimes they don't know how to seek out answers. And they don't have any trust and belief in the system. And they think mm -hmm. the universe is out to get them. And they have no spiritual beliefs. These people die really fast if you can't catch them and help them because they surrender. They give up. Mm -hmm. um, this is another phenomenon which I have come across when you are the oldest in the family and next to go. I've had, I've, I've been dealing with another a family whose mother and father passed away. And now the family, she's actually said to me, now that the brothers have died, she is the oldest in her family. That's really hard. Because everybody looks up and you have it in your, oh, you're, I'm the oldest. Well, it just happens. I'm not the oldest in my family, but, you know, in my immediate family, I am. My ex-husband is the, is the oldest in his family. And so you think about it and you go, and the way I deal with it is that when I pass, I know I'll survive, but when I pass, it's my turn to become history, become part of the history of this family. Do you realize how many generations it takes to get you where you are? Was it 40 generations for 2,000 years? We're just a part of the bigger picture. Without myself and my ex-husband, the children, the grandchildren, the great-grandchildren wouldn't have been here. So I, we have to move aside so that the next generation come up, and I will take the place of the ancestors. It's my turn to step aside. And I kind of like that I've done my part. Um, and this is a statement too. Uh, ex-husband, uh, we were into real estate. We were flipping houses when it wasn't even popular on TV. <laughs> and I do remember having fun with the one in the old Miller Park area downtown somewhere. And he had a, a, a partner from work. And one day she come over to us. She was very into uh, remodeling. We did several homes that way. And she says, every time you bring those children of yours it reminds me how old I'm getting. Okay. So I started feeling older when my great-grandchildren were born. What a blessing. But the birth of other people's children that you witness grow up and your own, that's also red brick. Because then one day you wake up and go, oh, my God, they're teenagers. Well, how old am I? Have I done what I wanted? That realization, have you fulfilled your list? And how many times have I talked to you and people listening to me that have had stories, uh, readings from me? 
I say, who are you as a person? What is your, identify yourself. What is your wish, wants, hopes, and desires? Have you written a bucket list? This is one that was my mother. I had taken her to Yuba City High School. This has been years. She passed in 09, so it was many years ago. To celebrate 50 years since high school graduation. And she said, I can't believe I'm this old. I'll never forget that. <laughs> and I've had my 50th <laughs> from high school. I passed it. Yet there are a lot of people that go, oh, my God, 50 years from high school. All of a sudden, they're looking at the gray hair. And when you go to those big number graduation celebrations, there's some people that never show up. There was two people in high school that I was very fond of. And I found they had passed away maybe 15 years ago. It broke my heart. One wanted to uh, be a Broadway uh, star. And her first name was Eddie. And I thought I never found out what happened. I didn't know why she passed away. I was grieving for her. Yet her story and her life and this physical body she lived in was her story, not mine. Um, I want to go back. Those are the ones I brought. I wanted to bring up. Shar, did you have any questions on anything, or did you have any other th comments? Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So this is another one: a car accident in which you were distracted. Hopefully, no one was hurt. Sometimes we get in a car accident, and then you realize it was serious and could have been worse. That's a real eye opener, because you start realizing: was it your fault or someone else's? That almost doesn't matter because it happens so quick. Uh, I was in horse racing and I was in a horse race. And though I didn't have an accent when it was over, I went, uh oh, it was going um, along the shore, um, the coastline hills and butters, my horse is riding very quickly. And we had a very steep downhill, not a cliff, but one of those really steep. And I had to lay back on her haunches with the reins very loose in my hand because she was not going to stop. And I remember getting off at the, <laughs> at the checkpoints and went, oh, fudge, it doesn't matter if I'm running the race. That horse is going to do what it wants in this race. There <laughs> was, was another time that I was on my horse and we, uh, from Granite Bay to Auburn, uh, there was a trail along the Folsom Lake. Auburn Lake Trail is what it's called. And we were riding very fast and the rattlesnake was on the trail and it struck, didn't strike her. And we ran over the edge and it was a cliff. And I rolled to her belly side and she was with the saddle in place. I was off the saddle and she did hit a boulder, but if she hadn't hit that boulder, I've gotten to a place now when I think spirit doesn't want me to go anywhere, do anything. So every time I have a disaster, I go, eh, looks like I'll, I'm going to make it. It's, I've had so many, Char and I, when I started talking about all our close calls, <laughs> I think we talked for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> it like, yeah. yeah. It's like, I've had too many close calls. Where's that? How many numbers? A cat has nine lives. You and I, we were up to about eight, honey. <laughs> yeah. It's about like a one left. Yeah. Here's another story. Bread brick effect. I might have brought this up, but it seems like I remember telling this. A woman's husband uh, got up on the roof. He had just retired. And he was a hardworking man. So he might have been mid-60s to late-60s. Then he gets up on the ladder, gets to the top, and fell off the roof. 
broke his arm, got in the hospital. And oh my goodness, the ladies in the hospital just treated this man so good. <laughs> I, I put my mind to him and I asked him about the hospital's day. And he was just giggling. Just, it was tough. He broke his arm. But yet he was treated so well. At home, it's not that way. And he has a daughter who has issues and a grandchild there, a lot of things. And I was very careful, very cautious. And I said to the wife, this man's gone through a metamorphosis. He now realizes he could be happier. I'm not going to say you're going to divorce. I don't want to go there. But you're going to see a metamorphosis and please allow him because he's going to strive to try to change his life. He didn't die. But the event changed his, it was amazing. I, I, it was so amazing to me that I'm still thinking about how happy he was at that hospital stay. Um, I suspect that when he was sent home, he started recalculating his life. I told, this is the daughter that talked, I told the daughter, don't be surprised that new ideas better his life comes up. This is another daughter, not the one that was there. Um, uh, I was just talking the last paragraph here before we end for the night. Those people who have cancer, that is the most frightening thing. Nowadays, it is more survivable. But I had cancer in 87. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Because it made me realize how valuable I was to myself. And I'm not going to say that we shouldn't have got married because we had beautiful children. Uh, but we married out of high school. And that was common. That was common. I got married in 67. Very common. Uh, we finished two years of uh, college. And we got married and um, it was, it was the best thing. So when you're going into a situation that appears life-threatening, you pick this body to live this life. It is your choice to check out or not fight mm -hmm. and say, I'm not done and make a list of things you want to accomplish. And I'm an advocate for watching and laughing. If mm -hmm. I was telling you one show last time with one before my husband called me into the front room he said watch this and he had youtube on the tv and i just never watched those silly things where people fall off the bikes or crash i don't know what happened but i started laughing i'm thinking that's a healing thing if you can laugh and be happy so i'm an advocate of lauren hardy you know three musketeers movies or something anything that makes you laugh if you're in a bad space or un dealing with illness, you've got to change your vibration and be happy. Make a plan and say, God, I'm not done. You're just not done. And make it happen. Mm -hmm. now, don't call me up and say your daughter died and she had the same plan. We do not know ultimately what, they, what the storyline for that person was. But I have had illness. Um, I told you I had Graves' disease. When I finally got the blood test, they sent my husband to get me and put me in the hospital. And I was admitted. And he said, the doctor came back and told me, we're not supposed to do this. But I got to tell you, you are three hours from a fatal heart attack. Oh, my. Wow. So there was something in me that said, something's not right. So I was right. And the woman, the aunt I have in my life, she had Graves' disease. She had breast cancer. And she had some other things, too, that I've had. 
So there are some things that you can't get away from. It's hereditary, but I think that stress, unhappiness is a trigger also, along with a small virus that kicks Mm -hmm. into gear. Absolutely. I received... Go ahead. I received a book from my cousin after my mom, after my mother died. Great book. If you ever have a chance to get it, I can't tell you who the author is, but Google it. It's called The Orphaned Adult. The Orphaned Adult. Wow. Yeah. And I love the about, title. It has cases in there and everything of people who, you know, so the, their parents aren't there anymore and, you know, the choices to make and, 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 and have it. It's a fascinating book. It was a great book. Well, my There's so many good theory. There's a lot of good books out there for us having emotional health, yeah, yeah. Um, ability, uh, people helping us look at life. And I would never, have, I, if God's, hey, Nancy, would you like to back up maybe 40, 50 years? I couldn't do that because the path I've, this purpose, passion for my life, we all are seeking that. You, mad, you can't imagine how many people have talked to me, uh, divorce, a def- death of a spouse, uh, the loss of a career. Sometimes we have to have the hard times to make the better times look better on the other side. Meaning um, that didn't quite sound right to me when I said it, but sometimes only through adversity will the rewards be better. Mm -hmm. You know, anyway, Char, I did good. You did good, you done? Whoa. Yep, yep. You did good, you did very good. But having gone through it, I mean, like you say, if somebody's, if I had to go through it again, I, I would still do it. That's just how I am. You know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't turn it back. I mean, if, if if the clock went back and I woke up and I was back in 2011, you know, I'd, I'd still go through it again. You know, because that's what you do. Your parents help you. You help your parents. I mean, that's it. That's why. I well, I think I you had a lot of that. things. I thought you, I thought this started long before 11, 2011. Your father was ill for a long that. time. My dad, yeah, yeah, he was ill, but it didn't get to the point where, like, like when he got near that last year that he was alive, you know. But yeah, but you were there taking that, care yeah. of the family yeah. long before that and, because he and I was get... still able. Yeah, I was, but at that point, I was still working too. I was still able to hold a job and do it. But then right, it got right. To the point where I couldn't do that anymore, you know, to to hold that job. That's true. And I remember my mother and I would escape in the evenings when he went when he would go to bed. Because he'd, he'd be in bed at night, he'd be like, "Okay, I'm fine. Just me on." And we'd go up at like 11:30 at night to McDonald's and just sit outside the parking lot and try and, you know, clear our heads. Mm-hmm. Well, they often say if you're not careful, the caregiver sometimes pass away before the patient. Oh yeah. Then when, I got heart, then when I was diagnosed with heart failure, I just went, "Wow!" But I kept going. Yeah, it's a lot of stress in my life, and I think that was a contributor. I don't want to put it on my partner, but life in yeah. general. Um, yeah. I was taking care of my blind grandmother, too, for 13 years. So you yeah. add that on top of everything else. What caused the cancer? Was it stress of life, or was that genetics? No one I also knows. think I got through it via meditation. I was doing a bit of meditation towards the end, and mm-hmm. also because I had those, because of those feral cats were there. And the kittens. Would you say the feral cats helped you? The feral cats with the kittens, yeah. Oh, because because they would play in the evenings, and my mom would be asleep in the evenings, and I would uh-huh. go out back and, and watch them play and stuff. So uh-huh. I mean, it, it, you know, I had cat toys for them and all that, but it, it was an outlet for me. Right, right. And we do fall in love with our our pet family. Sometimes we uh-huh. can't keep them, but it's not like these great big black cats in here. 
I apologize. They've been so good tonight, but sometimes they're a pest and I go, this office here is their sleep area. So it's kind of like I can't close the door against them. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. So we'll we'll keep on going. Shar, I loved our talk tonight. Thank you. For, that was good, yes. You yes. know. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. fun. That, that was nice. I mean, people go through that and, and you do come out different. I can say that. Yeah. I'm definitely a different person, as people have said to me. Uh, when I was talking, <laughs> most people realize this. I've said it a few times. So I was an engineering supervisor at Pacific Bell. You, mm -hmm. We don't talk. <laughs> and then the big boss, he said, Nancy, I want you to do this project. And, oh, you want to change my job description? So I went from crafts office to uh, marketing business, uh, selling soft sales, union grievances, and layoffs. And I go, why did you put me there? I don't want to talk to people about laying them off or a grievance or inspired mm -hmm. somebody mm -hmm. or sell. He says, because no one will hit you. <laughs> <laughs> so I learned how to talk to people. So when I made the transition of that world, 24 years, moved into this, people say, you're so different. Well, if I hadn't had that training to know what it feels like. Well, I was going to say, because, I mean, they teach you how to, how, how to diffuse ugly situations yeah. and how to calm mm -hmm. things down. And that fits <laughs> right in with what you do. God didn't, the universe didn't make mistakes. They said, by the way, Mitch, my boss was uh, Mitch Mitchum at Telephone Company, engineer in Auburn, California. Would you move Nancy over? We, we don't want her quiet engineer super. We want her over here where there's all this turt. So it was practice. Right. I, I find that amazing. It was practice for what I had decided to change, how I changed my life. So look at your life, everybody. You say you don't like something, then take knowledge. What are you in that job for? What are you learning? What are you supposed to learn? Where are you going with that? Um, and I want to encourage one more thing I didn't bring up. Something that leads to a lot of depression is people changing jobs and settling for a job that they don't like. But maybe you're not. Maybe you're supposed to be there to take knowledge, and then as people get older, they don't have hobbies, they don't have a job to look forward to, or what I call a retirement job. Like somebody said to me something, um, working at a nursery in Newcastle, California, and I said, "Oh my God, what a wonderful, wouldn't it be fun to work in a nursery?" I can't imagine. And this other fellow coming to me, same same thoughts. Uh, popped into my head, two people in the same area. Uh, he said, what am I going to do when I talk about it? And I said, do me a favor and go. There's a a, a Buddhist um, church by the Newcastle exit on the uh, north side, and they have bonsai trees there. And he called me back. He says, oh, my God, I've, I've had so much fun. I joined the bonsai group, and I got trees now that are this big. And it was wonderful. Who? Just be open to ideas popping into your head and looking at something that inspires you to keep going. People who don't have something to do after they retire die really quick. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our men do because their job is their ego. Their job is is where they were looked up to and how they satisfy their, uh, their quest for whatever. Mm -hmm. And they retire and they don't have that anymore. We have to be open to have another career. Uh, find something that satisfies your soul, whether it's um, giving to the poor, fundraiser, something that feeds you. Service to others is the greatest reward. All right, Shar, anything else? All right. No, no, no. Apologize, guys. My allergies are really bad. My eyes are just <laughs> yeah. tweaking today, I'll tell you. Well, anyway, you've been outside I, working. 
Yeah, I've been outside working too. Anyway, tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, the Psychic Cop will be with us, Chuck Bergman, and he's going to be talking about growing up as, as a psychic, but how that kind of came to fruition when he was a police officer. Mm-hmm. So he is going to be on tomorrow with us at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. So set your calendars, watch your clocks, do all that good stuff. I want to thank everybody for coming tonight. I really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, we'll see. You know, I'll Give see us a thumbs up, everybody. Yeah, give us a thumbs up. Give, give us, show us some love. Show us some love, you guys. We like love. I like love. Nancy likes love. We all like love. Okay, <laughs> if you like the show, share it with five people if you hated the show. Share it with five of your enemies. We're just trying to get the word out. So hopefully we can keep our momentum going and stuff. But again, I really appreciate all of you. I appreciate everybody out there at iHeartRadio and Spotify and all those people that follow us off, off the, the, the regular podcast feed. I appreciate everybody, everybody, everybody. So uh, have a good one, guys. And I'll see you tomorrow. Oh, did I get Nancy stuff done? I'm ahead of myself. Look at that. Let's get Nancy's information out. And then I will see you tomorrow at 630. Websites, nancymass.com, all lowercase. NancyMathsAuthor.com with the N, the M, and A capitalized. YouTube.com forward slash NancyMathsPsychic with the N, the M, and the P capitalized. Help, get me out of this funk. Nancy Mats. That's the book. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. Two worlds, developing your psychic skills. The Unwilling Sacrifice. And of course, get those at Amazon. All right, guys, I will see you tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. And Nancy will see you a week from Friday. Yes. Have a great night, everybody. Bye.